Today on In Grace, we're in Egypt, retracing the steps of the Exodus. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. I am so excited about our very special In Grace episode today as we take you around the world to Egypt. The Bible talks about Egypt as the place where God had brought Joseph and then his family were brought down into Egypt, Jacob and now called Israel and and all of his sons. They're living in Goshen in Egypt and they're prospering and they're becoming a great nation. But then the Pharaoh is threatened and starts to oppress them and enslave them. And God saves them with Moses and the the miracles. And and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to go to Egypt where these things happen. And we're going to tell you the story of the Exodus and we're going to counter the critics of the Bible that say there's no evidence for the Exodus in Egypt or in Saudi Arabia, where I believe is Mount Sinai. And we're going to debunk that. We're going to show you proof that the Bible is true and there is evidence. And it actually makes sense when you actually go there and look at the geography of the land. So I'm so excited about this special In Grace episode. And I hope that you will enjoy our journey uh, on the route of the Exodus, our journey to Egypt and to Saudi Arabia. Right before we get into this brand new series, Exodus Found Part One, The Search for Sinai, I would love to invite you to come to Gather in Grace. What Gather in Grace is, it's an event where we have uh, singing, we have food. Uh, I'll be speaking about the end times. It's all free. All you need to get is a free ticket on our website, ingraceradio.com. For those of you in Arizona, we're going to be coming to Arizona in February. Again, there's a free ticket for you on our website, ingraceradio.com. And I hope to get to meet some of you, our wonderful InGrace listeners of InGrace Radio or our podcast. Now, Let me tell you about a resource that I think will really help you as we go into today's In Grace new series, Exodus Found. We've printed a beautiful map of Egypt, of the Sinai Peninsula, of the different routes that they may have taken, and we want you to be able to visualize all this, and we also put some clues and some helps on this chart. And this is my way of saying thank you for listening to In Grace. So let me send this to you as a thank you, this beautiful free map. And all you have to do is contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. And then click on the free map and we will send that to you. We also are excited because In Grace has a matching gift campaign. So for those of you that can support In Grace with a gift of $35, Right now, your gift is doubled, and we're not only going to send you the map, but we're also going to send you the full-length four-part video series filmed in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, finding the real route of the Exodus, the real crossing point of the Red Sea, and the real Mount Sinai. Now, for those of you that can give even more, for a gift of $250 or more, which will be doubled, by the way, I'm going to send you the map, the video series, and listen, this is really beautiful. It's a print, a canvas print that is depicting the parting of the Red Sea. 
the parting of the Red Sea, and it had to be one of the most epic, beautiful events in the history of the world. We have an artist that that produced this gorgeous print, and we're going to thank you for your generous gift by sending you the parting of the Red Sea print here at In Grace. So contact us by calling at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. The Exodus. There is no other story in human history that is more epic. Enslaved people find freedom from oppression. They journeyed to a land of promise. And on the way, mega miracles. The parting of a sea. The destruction of a pursuing army. Bread coming from heaven and water from a rock. Growing up, I loved hearing the stories of God's mighty power and provision. But as I got older, I started hearing people say that the stories about the Exodus were exaggerated or even mythical, and that the Bible could not be trusted. I decided to go have a look at the story of the Exodus for myself and see if it's true or not. Coming with me to Egypt is my brother-in-law, Neil. He's a pastor in Southeast Ohio and is also a man who loves God, the Bible, and adventure. And what we found was exciting. From the Great Pyramids to the Nile Delta, from desert routes to the probable crossing point, from the Egyptian side of the Red Sea to the Saudi Arabian side, from incredible oasis to the ominous Mount Sinai, this was going to be an epic adventure. And you're not going to believe what we found. When we arrived in Cairo, it was just as I remembered. Busy, dusty, a place of mystery and legend. We first stopped at the massive pyramids of Giza to think about the importance of Egypt in world history. Hey, Neil, we made it to Egypt. We did. Now, we've been here before, but it's pretty cool to be back and mm. have the, the Giza pyramids behind us. But uh, we're here on a quest. We want to really feel what it would be like for the Hebrews who were first here prospering and then enslaved and then freed mm. and, and follow that route. It's a lifelong dream to get to just experience the route that they took and yeah. just to be here. Just You feel the history when you're here. Yeah, and you know, to try to explore a little bit about some of the different theories of the Exodus, uh, talk about where did they cross the Red Sea, what body of water, just go through all those scenarios, but like literally we get to try to do it. Then we went to the fascinating Egyptian Museum. Here I wanted to get a good look at two things. The Menephtha steel, because it proves the existence of the people of Israel in Egyptian history, and a great example of an Egyptian chariot, so we would know what to look for underwater. This is the original, and this does talk about 
Israel, Merneptah's father, Ramses II, conquest of all of the people. And these are people now that are living in peace with Egypt. And here's another thing. This also proves that Ramses II couldn't have been the Pharaoh of the Exodus because Mm -hmm. they were already an established nation in the land of Canaan at this time. And that was just a few years after Ramses died. So very impressive. To be here with the original and see that and see, you often say that if you don't believe the Bible, just keep digging. Yeah. And it's just so true. The absence of evidence doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means it might not be found yet. But the more people dig, the more they're finding the reliability of the Bible. And here it is again. All right, check it out, Neil. Wow. Could this have survived three, 4,000 years? Mm. You know, the wood, if it was buried mm. in the mud, it could. Uh, if you didn't have the parasites and stuff eating it, the metal would certainly survive. Mm-hmm. You sure. know, they're pulling metal out that's thousands of years old, coins and stuff in Israel, and it's still fine. The thing that would be really neat is if you found a whole bunch of them, right? If you found... Well, that, that's uh, what it should be. It should yeah. be hundreds right. of, of wheels that are down, scattered along the Red Sea. Right like it was just a big destruction. The Menephtha steel was awesome, further verifying what we already believed, that the Bible is reliable and that its critics are off track. Next, we wanted to drive northeast to visit the location many believe to be Goshen, where Joseph and his family grew into a mighty nation. I had read that an archeological dig had found a large city of Semitic, non-Egyptian people in what is known as Avaris. This sounded exactly like what the Bible said. But as we got closer, our security officer traveling with us received a phone call and was told that it was unsafe for us to visit Avaris as Americans. This was upsetting, but we really couldn't do anything about it. So we rerouted to Ismala because it was still in the Northeast Nile Delta and it had a shallow lake that could represent what some erroneously said was a candidate for the Red Sea crossing. We find ourselves, Neil, at a lake, just, I guess, to the east of where Goshen would be. Mm -hmm. And the Suez Canal is actually just on the other side of this lake. By the way, this is called the Crocodile Lake. And my back is to the water. I was going to say, you might want to kind of keep an eye out. This is intriguing because for decades, the whole Exodus journey and the supposed lack of archeological proof has gotten a lot of people to be turned off to the Bible and to Christ and to God. If this isn't true, if this isn't accurate, this is one of the big stories of the Bible, the Exodus. Right. When people have looked at the Exodus and the biblical story of the Exodus, they have said, that there's no evidence in Egypt of hundreds of thousands of people living here that weren't Egyptians. There's no evidence of the exodus, of the plagues, and all of that. But then there's an archaeologist, a professor of University of Vienna, professor of BTEC, and he, about 50 miles away from here, at a place called Avaris, today it's called Tel El Daba, located some unbelievable archaeological ruins. Mm. So let's walk through some of the things that were founded of ours. Sure. It was one of the largest cities in the ancient world. I mean, just uh, that alone is amazing. And they were, they were Asiatic, they're Semitic people. 
time frame fits, uh, the, the population fits. Well, the time frame fits kind of. So there's the problem, Neil. Most people have assumed that the Exodus happened during the time of Ramses II mm -hmm. because the Bible says they were building the city. One of the cities was of Ramses. Sure. But there's a problem with that. We think that is a place name, that that's what it was called later, yeah. and an editor would have put that place name so that people later could read mm -hmm. that Ramses used to be Avaris. So the problem is they were looking too late yep. in archaeology. Yes. They, they needed to back up a couple hundred years at least. So the dating is a problem, but the problem is not because there's no evidence. The problem is because they were looking in the wrong centuries. Another big question is, how many people. Now, the Bible gives a number of how many men of fighting age that were part of the Exodus, and it says 600 elephs. So an elephant is typically translated in Scripture, the Hebrew word elephant, as a thousand. A thousand, yep. So that would be 600,000 men of fighting age, and then you add women and children and older men. People have thought, and I think there would have been up to two million people. Oh, yeah. Now, could two million people have come from 70 people in 430 years? Because we know that was the time between the time that they were here in Egypt for yeah. that number of years. Could they grow that large? What kind of a birth rate would they have had to have? Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Why couldn't the miracle of the Red Sea, and they would say, you know, the Hebrew word is Yam Su for Red Sea, and some people interpret that as the Sea of Reeds, and so it's more of a freshwater, shallow body of water. But, you know, you and I are coming at this, this adventure, following the path of the Exodus, trying to find what that route would be like and live it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Why would we, as Bible-believing pastors, say, this could not be or any of these shallow lakes could not be the crossing point. So I think this is obviously way too shallow. The Egyptian army could just go around and Well, yeah, so, too. right, why would they go through, mm -hmm. let's say this lake was split or any other shallow body of water sure. in this region. Like the Bitter Lakes just right. down the so way. So why would they go through that? Why wouldn't they go around it and cut off the Hebrews on the other side? Sure. So it really doesn't make any sense to me. It's too close. There are multiple places that talk about the depths, that Pharaoh's army was swallowed up in the depths of the sea, and it says the water was a wall unto them on both sides. Now, what other verses does the Bible give about it being a deep 
C. Uh, sure. So Psalm 77, 16 is one that I was just thinking of. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths, it says, also were troubled. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to me shallow. This is deep. For all those reasons, I think we need to kind of check this off our list and look for a big body of water. Now, we have two options if we're looking for large bodies of water in the direction that they went. Gulf of Suez and Gulf of Aqaba, both coming off the Red Sea. Some people have suggested the Gulf of Suez as the crossing point. To me, this is more plausible. Mm-hmm. And if this is the Red Sea that they crossed, then the traditional Mount Sinai would also be plausible. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it fits the narrative because the Bible says they went the way of the wilderness and they were heading to the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, which was where... In Midian. Yeah, where Moses met God in the burning bush. Sure. And that was where Jethro lived. That's where he had gotten his wife. That's where he was tending sheep for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And that's Midian, and that's in Saudi Arabia. If you're going to go from Goshen, Avaris, to Midian, you're going to take this road. Mm -hmm. Now, some people say it's too far. And they think it was maybe a couple weeks that they would have made that transit. The Bible does give us some some time frames once they get across the sea, and I think 60 days, and all these different camps. Could you make it with 2.3 or 2.4 million people, old people, animals, from here to the Red Sea crossing point within a few weeks? I mean, is that plausible? Is that possible? The people are physically fit. They're slaves. Yeah. So they're ready for a journey, and Mm -hmm. they have plundered the Egyptians, right? So they've been given probably ox carts, donkeys, whatever you need. It really isn't that far. I mean, it's 272 miles from Avaris to the Red Sea crossing where we believe it happened. So if they traveled 15 miles a day in 18 days, they'd be there. You could either just travel at night or if you were getting chased like your life depended on it, you could travel night and day. They had to get out of there. Now, Pharaoh said they they could go, but Mm -hmm. at any moment, remember... He, he had been changing his mind a lot on been. all of this stuff. So he was They unstable. couldn't trust him. Yeah. So this was an emergency. They had to get out of there. Yep. And if they're walking night and day, and there's something supernatural about this whole thing too, we oh. cannot underestimate that. Absolutely. Now, we know the starting point. We know that it wasn't the Bitter Lakes because it's too shallow. We know that it probably wasn't the Gulf of Suez. I'm not closing the door on that, but I'm saying... It's definitely not, it doesn't really fit with the Bible as well as the other finger of the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aqaba. So let's talk about the route. Now they're going through the way of the wilderness and we're driving pretty much the same route. Now there's not a whole lot to see. We've done this transit a few times. I don't know if we've ever gone this direction though. I I have never gone from Goshen, literally starting there intentionally and driven all the way across to Aqaba or turn here to go down to Nueva. I've never done that. That route makes sense, and that's the route that you and I are going to walk tomorrow. I'm super excited. Or minibus. Early the next morning, we left Ismala on what was likely the route of the Exodus. I could almost imagine what the people of Israel and Moses must have felt. The wind in their hair, slavery to their back, and freedom ahead that they could almost taste. Neil, can you even imagine what it would be like to be walking through the wilderness? The children of Israel, hundreds of thousands, they've just had this incredible miracle of all the plagues, and now they're free. Now they're evacuating. 
Mm. And God told him to walk the way of the wilderness. We're in the Sinai Peninsula here. Earlier today, we were in Suez, and that would have likely been the starting point through the way of the wilderness, and they mm -hmm. would eventually got to Taba. What does it feel like for you to be walking in this same region that they would have been walking in the path of the Exodus? I have this overwhelming sense that I'm totally dependent upon God because there's just nothing. It's just so immense, this area, and just I'm trying to picture what it would have been like so many years ago. On the route, they were on the way of the wilderness, the way that Moses would have taken to Midian. He mm -hmm. was taking them to the same place, yeah. the mountain of God. All of a sudden, God stopped them, hmm. and they didn't continue on the path that you normally would take around the tip of the Gulf of Aqaba or a lot. And we know now because God brought them on a, a specific journey to a specific place to where they were going to be completely isolated and cut off yeah. with the Red Sea on one side, canyons on the other side, hmm. and the Egyptian army behind. God has a reason that he's bringing them into this funnel, Yeah. okay? It's a horrible thing to do strategically. Walls a thousand feet high on each side. You don't do this, militaries don't do this. This is not a good situation if we're trying to escape Egypt and the most powerful army in the world. It's dangerous to go through a wadi in the desert ever. Flash floods can come through, but God said, go do this. You can't go forward because you have a massive body of water, the Gulf of Aqaba. You can see across it, but it's big and it's steep. It's 10 miles across. Yeah. It's very deep. Yeah, yeah. thousands of So feet. you're in big trouble because yep. you can't go backwards because the same route that you just took that's yeah. narrow yeah. now is filled with the Egyptian army. Yeah. They are stuck. They're stuck. They're on that beach. I just am impressed with the faith that Moses had because he had to know that going down the west side of the Gulf of Aqaba, you're just going into a dead end. And it was more than a dead end. The whole peninsula would be a dead end. But then to be led down this wadi by the pillar of fire and the cloud to where there's just nothing but, but a mountain on each side and the deep blue sea. Mm -hmm. And it's a half mile deep. And physically, it looks like there's no way out. It encourages my heart to no end that if God leads us into a place that appears to be a dead end, He's not trying to kill you. He's trying to kill what's chasing you. We had already had the adventure of a lifetime, retracing the steps of the Exodus. Next time, we will arrive at the beachhead where Israel was trapped, mountains on two sides, an army behind, and a deep sea ahead. Only God himself could get them out of this jam. And that is true for them, and it's true for us. Here in Egypt, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did great and amazing things for them. This is the same God that you can know. This is the same God that can do great and mighty things for you. But that's not why you should know him. The reason you should know him is because he is love. He is grace. He is good. We are sinners, and we need to be redeemed by our Creator. See, God loved us so much. Even though we rebelled and even though we've sinned, He sent His only Son. His name is Jesus. He lived, He died, He rose again. And He will save you if you will simply put your full trust in Him and Him alone. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800-78-GRACE or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.